Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out. I just want to tell you who we were listening to. That was Clara with Pretty Girl, and that song has 41 million views. Whoa. I saw her perform uh, last Thursday at the Observatory. It was an incredible show. So uh, I actually have a review on my blog if you want to read about the show and see some pictures. Uh, that is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Okay, so uh, first up, very excited to have her on, is Kim Perkins, and she's joining us. Uh, and she was a former pro speed skater, super cool, and a former journalist. And she uses her PhD in positive organizational psychology to focus on the science of optimum human experience at work. Good morning, Kim. <laughs> Good morning. Very excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. So I wanted to jump into, I was reading a little bit about your background. How did you become a professional speed skater? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it. a, it's, a, it's a fun story because I was not actually much of an athlete growing up. I had a lot of really talented athletes in my family, but... I didn't think that I was among them. Really? And so, yeah, yeah, I was kind of a nerdy kid. Okay. And it turned out, and one t- um, earlier in my career, before I was a speed skater, I was working as a magazine editor, and I was in an area where I, I was getting a little bored, and a friend of mine said, why don't we go on a running race? And I thought, all right, I'll trade for this race. Okay. And I did that, and I discovered that racing was amazing. Everybody gathered together to do a thing, um, you know, in a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. But that running was terrible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I can agree with you. Yes. So I said, I wonder if they do this on skates. And it turned out that they did, and that's how I pursued it. I love it. So where would you be your preferable place to skate? You know, what you want in a skating area is you want, um, especially if you're starting out, you want something flat. Later you can learn how to do the hills, and they're really fun, too. But you want really good pavement. So a lot of the pavement around Southern California is kind of kind of crunchy for this. It, it, right. it produces a lot of friction. So you want somewhere with very smooth, fine green pavement. Okay. Uh, you know what? It must have been exhilarating to find this later on. It was completely exhilarating. I was certainly completely unexpected. As I, if there had been a category in the yearbook for least likely to become a professional athlete, I would have definitely been it. Unbelievable. So you know the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that this was probably amazing. What a mood boost to get into speed skating. Yeah, it was a real surprise. It came at a time in my life when I was, you know, searching for something more fulfilling than what I was doing. And so it was a real surprise to find out that something that I had just done a little bit recreationally and really loved was something that I could pursue more seriously and it would open, that it would, you know, be a reasonable thing to do and open up a lot of doors. I love it. So tell me about the field you're in. You have a Ph.D. in positive organizational psychology. Tell me about that. Yes. So um, positive psychology is a movement among psychologists that has been rolling through, I guess probably around 2000 is when they, it sort of started to coalesce. And the idea is that we know a lot about dysfunction. We've categorized all the different ways that humans can have a bad time for, mm-hmm. um, since the beginning of psychology. 
but nobody had ever really categorized all the, the good things. All the virtu- We have, like, the disorders. We don't have all the list of the virtues. Right. We understand what, you know, dysfunction looks like, but we don't know what optimum functioning looks like. And so there, there people had just begun to uh, study that systematically and put together a picture of what, um, what, uh, what the kind of life that humans um, enjoy when they leave. Gotcha, it. gotcha, yeah. Got it. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I go through my ups and downs. I have my own share of funks. And yesterday I was in one, and I, so I went outside, and I was planting plants. I was in the dirt, you know, sweating. And, and I have to say, after two hours, I felt completely different. Yeah, thank you, stayed. How did you feel? So much better. Like I had left my house, my surroundings, and just gone somewhere else. I mean, I was literally grabbing pretty rocks and finding things. I felt like I was a kid again. Yes. You know, nature has that effect on people. So mm-hmm. I think you, you, first of all, you probably had a flow experience, which is where uh, it's considered like a peak experience where you are not really thinking about yourself or being self-conscious, but just Right. Thinking is uh, thinking is thing and it is done. So you might see like, oh, there's a weed, and I'll just pull it, and you can really feel like you're uh, of a single piece with the environment around you. Yes, and, and then also, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. And then also, um, just being in nature has a tendency to restore people, and there's a lot of, of new research coming out on that. That just uh, being surrounded by trees, hearing the sounds of water being um, in a natural environment, in really any kind of natural environment, tends to um, restore people to a sense of calm and centeredness. Oh, I believe it. I mean, just between the flowers and the rocks and the smells, you know, fresh air, I felt completely rejuvenated. It's sometimes hard because even in Southern California, I find even though we're surrounded by nature, sometimes having those um, fully natural experiences so is, is a little harder or kind of in, in the home and rest of the city at the same time as or even when we're surrounded by trees. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing. I've walked in and out of my house and I've looked at the same pile of weeds for so many years and I'm like, well, that's a reflection of me right now. <laughs> 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 so I was like, i got to get rid of this. This is not a good feeling, you know, walking past something that just looks completely, you know, a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, it definitely messes with your sense of control over your environment, you know. Right. So tell me about uh, the science of happiness, what that means to you. So the science of happiness is about um, it's basically a collection of studies about what tends to make people happy, what happiness is, and what, tends, what circumstances tend to produce that feeling. So we have a lot of, like, cultural lore around what it takes to lead a good life, to lead a happy life. And a lot of times we associate the feeling of being happy, which is kind of a transitory, momentary thing, with an overall sense of happiness and contentment in our life, when those are actually two very different things. I want to mention, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Dr. Kim Perkins, and she's joining us to talk about her background in positive organizational psychology and so much more. Um, you know, there's so many myths to happiness. I mean, what are some that come to mind for you? Well, the first one that comes to mind is, is, is there's a myth that there's like a perfect state out of being for you out there that is you have to find or discover or move 
toward as if it's your destiny. And I feel like it's this way kind of like we have this idea of one true love, right, or one true calling. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem to really be the case. It seems really as though it's more of a fluid state of pursuing uh, things that are meaningful for you, having... Uh, being being connected with community, kind of like you're making progress, like you're kind of getting somewhere, like you're unlocking achievements. Yes. Um, and also doing things that, that make you happy. You know, we call it hedonism. Um, so it doesn't have to be like, you know, taking to an extreme hedonism, but right. to even if it's just listening to a nice song on the radio, so it produces those positive emotions. And generally, there's not one true path for this. It's not for humans as a whole, and it's not for any given individual. And so I think if, if we're miss people have is that they are looking for, like, the one true thing that will make them happy. And, and there isn't one. It's a fluid combination of things that keeps moving. It's a moving target. But I think that's really about mindset, because I know I've always looked for meaning in things, like even if it's a conversation with a complete stranger, which is how I got this radio show, because I, <laughs> I, I ran into somebody that had a show here, and I was doing something else, and she said, you should be a guest on my show. And I said, what show and what station? And she told me all about it, and I went immediately signed up for the training. Amazing. Yeah, so... Yes, that's exactly it, being open to the possibilities and... Keep, you know, when they say follow your bliss, I think this is really what is meant is to stay open to things that both serve you and um, are, have meaning and excitement for you. You know, what I think I know one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because I was so fascinated how you have done all these different things. And I'm like that, too, where now at this point in my life, I see how they have added to where I am now. They, everything has been a piece of a puzzle. Whereas before I was thinking, okay, why am I wanting to do screenwriting and voice acting? And, but you know, everything becomes part of a bigger picture. It absolutely does. You know, there's some some people among us who have a very clear picture of something that they want and it's got like a job title attached to it. I have a friend who, you know, wanted to be a pediatrician when he grew up. He grew up and he was a pediatrician. Boom. You know, but not everybody's like that. In fact, most people are not like that. Most people um, do a lot of shifting around, and especially in our current um, economic and uh, job market, things that we might get really into might not be viable professions two years from now. And so it's really about being sort of going to the next thing that attracts you and moving around from there to see where you can get to next. And that means I have a phrase that I love called, all knowledge comes to use. Oh, Tell me about that. Yeah, I think that what that, what that means to me is that if you learn a thing or you're really interested in a thing, you'll find a way to apply it somewhere. Yes. And often it's that combination of specific things that you got into that makes you perfect for the opportunity in front of you. I was Ooh, I just like seeing that. somebody online in a group that I belong to who said, hey, I... Does anybody know anybody at this one large film company? I just noticed that they have an opening for somebody who speaks Turkish and is located in a very specific European city and has a film background. Whoa. And she said, and I'm pretty sure it's me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, but but those kind of opportunities are all around us, especially right now. And so yeah. whatever your uh, whatever your combination of things are, is going to find a home somewhere. Yes. I mean, it's all about being confident and resilient because you'll have these days where you're thinking, okay, what? what? 
am, is this really going to happen? What am I thinking? But you have to be resilient and, you know, keep tabs on your mental health to keep going. Yeah, and to believe that, that if, if it's important to you, it'll be important to somebody. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So can you give some advice for people that are struggling with staying positive when, you know, life has thrown them a curveball? Yeah, you know, a myth, one myth that people have about positivity is that it needs to be all the time or that you just need to keep, you know, paste a smiley face on there and keep digging. And, and that's not really true. I mean, everybody's going to have up moments and down moments. Yes. Um, and the important thing is to not let the down moments get you too off path. Yeah. You know, to, so as, as far as when, when things get hard, that's a time when it's great to reach out to community. Because sometimes, you know, this is a funny thing about um, going from a strength space that I have noticed. So this is a bit of a tangent, but okay. stay with me. Um, people have a really hard time being in touch with their strengths. We're all really very good at naming our weaknesses and knowing the things that we wish we could do better. Oh, yes. But unless we can stay in touch with the things that we're great at, that we love, the thing, um, we have a tendency to just think, well, if I can do that, anybody can do that. And that's not true. Right. Usually, if you can do it and you do it so easily, I often ask people, what's the thing that makes you really mad that other people don't do? And people <laughs> have to think about it and then they say, Oh, you know, cleaning, cleaning their socks off the floor, right? Well, how come nobody can do this? And it's like, well, you're actually, maybe it's just that you're very attuned to your environment. And other mm. people are not really as tuned to their environment. It's maybe not something that everybody does. That's true. And so it's really easier. You need to have the community coming back around because the people who are going to remind you of what your personal strengths are and why you're in this when you've forgotten. Right. I, I wanted to add something you mentioned that we're not expected to be happy all the time. I find that when I'm down, I'm, I'm kind of processing something. I don't feel quite right. I'm definitely not happy. That if I hang in there, I gain insight into what to do next. It, it's tough. It's not easy. But when you work at it, then, you, then I actually feel um, even happier. Do you know what I mean? Like I processed it. I learned yeah. from that tough moment. And now I feel a sense of, like, relief, and I'm, you know, ready to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, because it's all part of life. You can't just try to X out anything that doesn't meet your ideal of how things are supposed to go or how you're supposed to feel. You'll be missing half life. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, you find great meaning in those down moments in life, and then it turns out it sometimes to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Absolutely. I wouldn't have discovered skating if I had found myself in kind of a, in a in a place that didn't suit me in a job that didn't suit me. That's but so interesting, it, it, really. Yeah, it took that I had been, you know, sort of a more I lived lived in a lot of cities. I was um in the northeast and uh I hadn't really um, had a very broad experience of the world, but I didn't know this because I was living in New York City and places like that. Okay. And then when I took a job that was completely different than what I normally would do, because it was a great job, it put me in a place I had I had no idea how to deal with, and all the things I was used to were not around. And so I had to look outside of myself for something to um, to put my attention into, and I discovered this whole world, which if I think I had been just living in a place where I could do all the usual things that I was used to, yes. I probably wouldn't have discovered it. That's interesting. I didn't know you lived in New York City. I grew up there. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it, but 
you know, after a while, there's a lot going on, st- stimulus, you know, and um, and then there's the the winter, which is <laughs> the atrocious. Winter. <laughs> yeah, and I, went I, I love New York, and I have wonderful friends still there yeah. from the, that I made from the time I lived there. But I can take about four days now before my nerves get too frayed. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I should wear a mask now because I'm not <laughs> able to handle the s- cigarette smoke and the pollution. <laughs> um, so. Tell me anything else about what it is you're doing right now for different companies. Sure. I am the chief behavioral scientist at Nobel Collective. We are a company that focuses on culture change. We help, um, you call them ambitious, compassionate leaders for who we're looking for. People want to help make a change in the company, whether they're large or small, but just need a little help getting it off the ground. Mm-hmm. We have a way of surveying what your culture is matching it to your strategy of what you're, what you're trying to do in the marketplace, and then um, setting in a bunch of small nudges to help you get there in real time rather than making, like, a grand plan. Let's just get some things started on the ground and see how they go so we can are able to help companies make changes really quickly. I feel like one of the things I've seen over the past few years, I've been to different health expos, is that people are getting more in tune to employees, you know, their mental, physical, and emotional health, like let's say they have yoga at work or different things and nutrition is a huge thing. And they're trying to get more in tune to people taking care of themselves, taking tech breaks and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely one way to tackle it. But some of what we do is we try to build in rituals that bring people closer together to the actual doing of the work so that people spend less time on office politics, um, and putting less time putting on a show for people and more time actually de- pulling together into the work rather than um, going against each other. Got it. Also uh, focusing on communication skills, interpersonal skills, things like that? Yeah, we, usually we find that while we're doing this, people learn a lot about conflict resolution, about um, difficult conversations, bringing up the things that need to, the elephants in the room that need to get talked about. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we try to do all of those things, but rather than kind of as an add-on class, we do it through the medium of the work that they're trying to get done. Yes, that's so interesting. Now, where can people find out more about you? You can find uh, more about me personally, and I do a lot of talks and uh, public speaking and working on some um, writing projects right now at kimperkins.com. Okay. And you can get in touch with me or find out more about my company at nobl.io. That's nobel.io. Fantastic. And uh, are you still skating around Southern California? Oh, very rarely, I'm Aww. afraid. I don't, <laughs> um, you know, once you get used to doing it really fast in a big pack of people, it's yes. a little less fun to just go out for a roll yourself. But you will find me on some group bike rides now and then. All right. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling into the show, Kim. This has been great. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Kim Perkins calling in. And if you missed any part of my conversation, uh, we covered a lot. She's a former pro speed skater and former journalist. And she has a Ph.D. in positive organizational psychology. And she focuses on the science of optimum human experience at work. Uh, her complete bio is up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And a little later on, I'll have our conversation uploaded on there as well. I want to mention I'm on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock, and KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM. 
We are on Facebook, KUCI 88.9. We're on Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. And if you're not familiar with our website, it has all of our shows. We've got a great eclectic mix of music and public affairs. And here's that website, KUCI.org. And if you want to find out about being a guest on my show, just shoot me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Uh, coming up in the second half, uh, which is a little less than 10 minutes, I'm going to have actress pr- producer uh, Tana F- Frederick, and she's going to uh, chat about her film, Two Ways Home. Awareness Film Festival, it's an, excuse me, it was an official selection in the Awareness Film Festival. Two Ways Home is about bipolar disorder, and it's extremely relevant right now as uh, we just had Mental Illness Awareness Week, October 6th to the 12th. And again, it, all the info is on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. That's coming up at 9.30. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.